Here at Revolution Church, we've been studying verse by verse through the book of Genesis, and we are glad that Reunion can join us for this study. I'll let you translate there if you want. Aquí en Revolución hemos estado estudiando el libro de Génesis, y el día de hoy la Iglesia de Reunión nos está acompañando para el estudio. Okay. And we're going to read chapter 29. It'll be on the screen in English, but it'll only be read in Spanish. So follow along on the screen in English as Pastor Hernandez reads it in Spanish. Uh, yo estaré leyendo en español uh, Génesis 29, pero las palabras estarán en inglés en la pantalla, así que nos puede seguir en inglés en la pantalla. Ready? Yeah. All right. Génesis 29, Génesis 29. Entonces... Jacob siguió y su camino y fue a la tierra de los hijos del oriente. Y miró y vio un pozo en el campo y he aquí tres rebaños de ovejas estaban echadas ahí junto a él. Porque de aquel pozo daban de beber a los rebaños y la piedra sobre la roca del pozo era grande. Cuando todos los rebaños se juntaban allí, entonces rodaban la piedra de la boca del pozo y daban de beber a las ovejas y volvían a poner la piedra en su lugar sobre la boca del pozo. Y Jacob dijo a los pastores, hermanos míos, ¿de dónde sois? Y ellos dijeron, somos de Arán. Entonces les dijo, Alabán, hijo de Nacor, y ellos respondieron, lo conocemos. Y él les dijo, se encuentra bien, y dijeron, está bien. Mira, su hija Raquel viene con las ovejas. Y él dijo, he aquí, aún es pleno día, no es tiempo de recoger el ganado, dad de beber a las ovejas e id a apacentarlas. Pero ellos dijeron, no podemos hasta que se junten todos los rebaños y quiten la piedra de su boca del pozo, entonces daremos de beber a las ovejas. Todavía estaba él hablando con ellas, cuando llegó Raquel con las ovejas de su padre, pues ella era pastora. Y sucedió que cuando Jacob vio a Raquel, hija de Labán, hermano de su madre, y las ovejas de Labán, hermano de su madre, Jacob subió y quitó la piedra de la roca del pozo y dio de beber al rebaño de Labán, hermano de su madre. Entonces Jacob besó a Raquel y alzó su voz y lloró. Y Jacob hizo saber a Raquel que él era pariente de su padre y que era hijo de Rebeca y ella corrió y se lo hizo saber a su padre. Y sucedió que cuando Labán oyó las noticias de Jacob, hijo de su madre o de su, de su hermana, corrió a su encuentro, lo abrazó y lo besó y lo trajo a su casa. Entonces él contó a Labán todas estas cosas y le dijo Labán, ciertamente tú eres uh, hueso mío y carne mía. Y Jacob se quedó con él todo un mes y Labán dijo a Jacob, ¿Acaso por qué eres mi pariente has de servirme de balde? Hazme saber cuál será tu salario. Labán tenía dos hijas. El nombre de la mayor era Lea y el nombre de la menor, Raquel. Y los ojos de Lea eran delicados, pero Raquel era de bella figura y de hermoso parecer. Y Jacob se había enamorado de Raquel y dijo, te serviré siete años por Raquel, tu hija menor. Y Labán dijo, mejor es dártela a ti que dársela a otro hombre. Quédate conmigo. Jacob, pues, sirvió siete años por Raquel y le parecieron unos pocos días por el amor que le tenía. Entonces Jacob dijo a Labán, dame mi mujer, porque mi tiempo se ha cumplido para unirme a ella. Y Labán reunió a todos los hombres del lugar e hizo un banquete. Y sucedió que al anochecer todo a su, uh, tomó a su hija Lea y se la trajo. Y Jacob se llegó a ella. Y Labán dio su sierva Silpa y a su hija Lea como sierva. Cuando fue de mañana, he aquí que era Lea. Y Jacob dijo a Labán, ¿qué es esto que me has hecho? ¿No fue por Raquel que te serví? ¿Por qué pues me has engañado? Y Labán respondió, no se acostumbra en nuestro lugar dar a la menor antes que a la mayor. Cumple la semana nupcial de esta y te daremos también la otra por el servicio que habrás de rendirme aún otros siete años. Así lo hizo Jacob y cumplió la semana de ella. Y él le dio a su hija Raquel por mujer. Y Labán dio a su sierva Bilga, a su hija Raquel como sierva. Y Jacob se llegó también a Raquel y amó más a Raquel que a Lea. Y sirvió a Labán de, durante otros siete años. Vio el Señor que Lea era aborrecida y la 
le concedió hijos, pero Raquel era estéril. Y concibió Lea uh, y dio luz un hijo y le puso por nombre Rubén. Pues dijo, por cuanto el Señor ha visto mi aflicción, sin duda ahora mi marido me amará. Concibió su, de nuevo y dio a luz un hijo. Y dijo, por cuanto el Señor ha oído que soy aborrecida, me ha dado también este hijo. Así que le puso por nombre Simeón. Concibió otra vez y dio a luz a un hijo y dijo, ahora esta vez mi marido se apegará a mí porque le he dado tres hijos. Así que le puso por nombre Leví. Concibió una vez más y le dio a luz un hijo y dijo, esta vez alabaré al Señor, así que le puso por nombre Judá y dejó de dar a luz. Esta es la palabra del de Señor. Demos gracias a Dios. This is the word of the Lord. Let us give thanks to God. Amen. In sales, there's something called bait and switch. It's where you present or advertise that you have a certain product in inventory but you really don't have it or you only have one of it. So when it's sold and gone, others come in and buy something more expensive. Eh, en las compras, uh, hay una estrategia de venta con señuelo. En las uh, ventas minoristas, cuando los clientes son atraídos por los anuncios de un producto a bajo precio, descubren que el producto no está disponible, pero sí un sustituto más caro. Many of us grew up seeing Lucy do this at Charlie Brown all the time. Bait and switch. I will hold the football, and then every time she would switch and go back to her old ways. Aquí está la imagen de esta práctica de venta con señuelo. So we're going to divide this chapter up into four sections. Vamos a dividir este capítulo en cuatro secciones. First, there's the well and the shepherds. El pozo y los pastores. And then there's the watering of the sheep and Rachel. El abrevadero de las ovejas y Raquel. And then there's the web of deceit by Laban. La red del engaño de Laban. And then finally, the worship of idols for love. Four, y, four ways. Por último, la adoración de los ídolos por amor. So in verse 1, it talks about Jacob and he's on this journey to find a wife. But we know from last week, the real reason is he's running for his life not just searching for a wife. En capítulo 1 vemos a Jacob que continuó en su viaje, llegó a la tierra de los orientales, pero la verdadera razón es porque está huyendo de su propia vida, uh, porque está huyendo de su hermano. His brother Esau wants to kill him because not only has he stolen his birthright, he's also stolen his blessing. Su propio hermano Esaú lo quiere matar porque ha tomado las bendiciones que le pertenecían a él. So he sent to the people of the east and this is the people whom Rebecca, his mother, is from, and Abraham, his grandfather, is from. So está en la tierra de los orientales, la tierra de su mamá, Rebecca, y de Abraham, y claro, su tío va a estar ahí también. And in verse 2, we see that he encounters three different shepherds with three different flocks of sheep, but they're not watering the sheep for some reason because there's a big rock over the well. En el versículo 2, vemos que ahí están los tres rebaños de ovejas, Y bebían de ahí, sobre la boca del pozo había una piedra muy grande. And so, he asks, he doesn't know where he's at, because he doesn't have GPS like we do. So, to figure out where he's at, he's asking, where are you guys from? And they're like, we're from Haran. And he's like, good, that's where I'm looking for. Entonces, para descubrir dónde está, porque no conoce uh, el terreno muy bien, está preguntando dónde son y para saber dónde está. So they, he asked him the question, do you know Laban? Because that's the uncle he's looking for. But look at their answer. They go, we know him. Not very enthusiastic response, is it? You know, if I said, hey, do you know Patrick Ward? And you go, I know him. <laughs> you'd be like, you, if you say you know someone you have in common you'd, and you really like them, you'd be super enthusiastic. But they're not. Uh, Podemos ver que la respuesta no parece ser muy entusiástica y que suena muy raro, ¿verdad? En este caso. And in verse 6, it said, he asked, is it well with them? And they said, it is well. Again, very lukewarm answer. But they're like, but see, here comes Rachel. And now all of a sudden they get excited and she's coming with the sheep. So they're not excited about Laban, but they are excited about Rachel. 
En versículo 6 vemos también la respuesta, eh, se encuentra bien y la respuesta, sí, está bien, pero se emocionan más al ver a Raquel que está entre las ovejas. And in verse 7, he's, he's talking to them about water the sheep. Go ahead and water the sheep and pasture them because he's an expert in flocks and he evidently knows more than they do. Aquí en versículo 7 vemos que están en pleno día y les dice que vayan a um, uh, darle de beber a las ovejas uh, para las que están uh, pastoreando. And in verse 8, they're, they're waiting to roll this big rock away. Evidently it was a four-man job or three, three guys and one girl job, but Jacob's trying to show how macho he is, so he's going to do the rock all by himself to impress Rachel. Isn't that what guys do? Entonces, para quitar la piedra, que normalmente es una obra de tres o cuatro personas para demostrar que es un buen hombre, ¿verdad? Macho, este, a Jacob lo quiere hacer a solas. So now we're going to talk about the watering of the sheep and Rachel. Entonces, la segunda parte, estamos viendo el abrevadero de las ovejas y Raquel. So, while he was still speaking to them, Rachel came. And this sounds just like the story when his dad Uh, had Eliezer go look for a wife because as Eliezer was praying to God, here comes Rebe Rebecca. Entonces, mientras estaba hablando, uh, vieron a Raquel que llegó con las ovejas de su padre, que es muy similar a la situación con su propio padre. In both cases, God shows himself faithful. He's answering the prayer right as they're seeking to do God's will. En, en ambos casos, vemos a Dios haciendo su voluntad este, así como lo hizo anteriormente. In verse 10, it talks about how Jacob saw Rachel. And this is important because Jacob, even though he's doing the right thing, his focus is on the physical. It's not what he heard Rachel say. It's not that he was impressed with her character. He is focused on the visual and her beauty. Aquí en versículo 10 vemos que Jacob uh, se acercó y removió la piedra y vio a Raquel y Está muy enfocado en lo físico, no en lo que escuchó, sino en lo que está viendo. So he rolled the stone away and he watered the flocks. So he impresses her with his strength, but he does something that's pretty impressive. He does the watering of the flocks for her. He's being a servant, which is a good thing. Entonces, removió la piedra de la boca y también le... Uh, abrevó al rebaño uh, de Labán que estaba um, ahí, ahí Raquel. Entonces, estamos viendo su servicio a ella. He may have remembered from a child the story of how his mom watered her, the camels for Eliezer, the servant of Abraham. Tal vez se recordó como a su propia mamá este, le dio de ver a los camellos de Eliezer. So then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. Now, Kissing her as a total stranger may sound odd, and it may have been, but it's not as odd as we think. It was probably a kiss on each cheek, like people in those part of the, that part of the world did. But even then, for a man to kiss a woman on each cheek was a little bit forward, but that's Jacob. Entonces vemos que aquí Jacob besó a Raquel y lloró en voz alta. Probablemente no la besó en los labios, sino en la cara, pero aún así este, se ve que él inició este movimiento. And he didn't just shed a tear. The Bible says he wept aloud. And I've stopped and asked myself, why is he crying out loud? We don't really know. The passage doesn't tell us. But I think he is stunned. Uh, vemos aquí que él no solo uh, dio una sola lágrima, sino que fueron varias lágrimas. Lloró en voz alta. Y no sabemos exactamente por qué lloró, pero posiblemente está asombrado. He's had to leave his dad, his mom, who he was the favorite of. He's walked away from his birthright. His brother wants to kill him. And yet, even now, God shows favor to him by providing him a wife. And maybe that's why he's weeping. Pues ha tenido que huir de su... Papá de su mamá, que es el favorito de su mamá, de su propio hermano que lo quiere matar. Y vemos aquí la provisión de Dios y quizás está algo asombrado. Tu translación es muy grande. Muy bueno. He's doing a good job. I could not do what he's doing. Okay. So, Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman, that they're related, that, and this is how they would marry, within clans. And so, this is kind of a proposal of sorts. 
Entonces vemos aquí que eh, Jacob le dice que es pariente de su padre, eh, que son su propia familia. ¿verdad? Entonces, eh, en parte, está este, presentándose a él como un posible candidato. And Rachel shows her excitement by running to tell her father. She doesn't just walk, and, but she's excited about this news. Y Raquel vemos que está muy emocionada y corre para compartir estas noticias. But as soon as Laban, who's not a good guy, he heard about the news, he ran to meet him. But he's not running because he's so eager. He's running because he's greedy. Uh, vemos aquí cuando Laban escucha la noticia, él corre hacia este hombre, Jacob, pero no porque está emocionado, sino porque es un hombre tacaño. Marriage excites Rachel, money excites Laban. Aquí en el caso uh, vemos a Raquel que el casamiento, el prospecto de, de casarse, le emociona, pero el dinero es lo que emociona a Laban. Because several decades earlier, when Rebecca came with all the bling on, you know, the, remember the bracelet and all the, the nose ring and all the jewelry, that's when Laban ran because he thought there was money involved. Tal vez sabe la situación de su propia hermana que anteriormente, años antes, había venido con toda esa mercancía. Entonces eso le emocionaba a Labán. So in verse 13, Jacob tell, told Laban all these things. How much he told him, we don't know, but I think he told him a lot because Laban's going to use this information against him eventually. Aquí tenemos una conversación extensa en versículo 13 uh, y, y posiblemente... Laban va a usar toda esta información para su propia ventaja. So, Laban says something really interesting to Jacob. He says, you're bone of my, you're my bone and my flesh. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Le dice aquí que eres uh, de tu propia uh, carne, ¿verdad? Hueso de hueso, que es algo similar a lo que ya hemos visto anteriormente. Adam and Eve. Remember Adam? Good. No, go ahead. Adam and Eve, Adam, Adam and Eva. Adam says, you are now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh when God presented Eve to him. That's an, a very loving statement. And yet Laban's using this for Jacob, whom he had just met. Sí, sabemos que se usó con Adán y Eva, ¿verdad? Ciertamente tú eres mi hueso y mi carne. I think he's trying to flatter him to get ready to take advantage of him. Está tratando de estar en buenas con él para... So Jacob stays with him a month, and then it says Laban said to him, "Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what should be your wages." Entonces está con él un mes y luego Laban le dice, "Mira, tú eres mi pariente, me servirás de balde. Dime cuál será tu salario." Now this sounds like a generous offer by Laban, but it's not. He's already conniving. Suena como un, uh, una declaración generosa de Labán, pero no es el caso. Simplemente está preparando para tomar ventaja. So if Jacob had just stayed there as a family member and worked for a long period of time, he would have had rights to the inheritance. Si uh, Jacob se hubiera quedado ahí por mucho tiempo, entonces hubiera tenido derechos a la herencia. But he, what he wants to do is say, I want to pay you as a day laborer because basically he doesn't want him to, to get in on the family wealth. Entonces lo que quiere hacer es simplemente pagarle por salario por diario en, en vez de tener una herencia para él después. And he also knows that Jacob has a birthright, whether he'll be able to catch in or not we don't know, but Laban is hoping so. Y sabemos que tiene una herencia como uh, primogénito y claro Laban quiere aprovecharse de eso también. So he had two daughters, the older one was Leah. The younger one was Rachel. Those details are important. Tiene dos hijas. La mayor es Lea y la menor es Raquel. Y esos detalles son muy importantes. It says that Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Dice que los ojos de Lea eran débiles, pero que Raquel era hermosa en forma y apariencia. Now the word weak doesn't mean that she couldn't see very well. Otherwise, it would say Rachel's eye, or Leah's eyes couldn't see very far, but Rachel had 20-20 vision. Uh, lo de los ojos 
it's probably a reference to the weakness of her eye muscles. She was probably cross-eyed or had droopy eyes. Uh, posiblemente el, el, la descripción es que sus ojos tenían uh, problemas. Yeah? Posiblemente uh, débil en el sentido que um, no muy simpática, no, no muy atractiva. Let's just say Leah wasn't going to win any beauty, beauty contests. Que no iba a concurso de hermosura, Leah. And the Bible's pretty direct here. It says Rachel was beauty in form, which bluntly means she had a nice body. And she was beautiful in appearance, means she had a beautiful face at the same time. Y la, la Biblia es muy clara que en el caso de Raquel era bonita en cuerpo y también de cara. Rachel won the genetic lottery and Leah lost. <laughs> que Raquel ganó a toda la hermosura de la familia. So, Jacob says, I'll serve you for seven years for your younger daughter. But they have two daughters. And Jacob loved Rachel. Now, the word love, I put it in quotes because he really lusted after uh, Rachel. Entonces aquí, uh, Jacob pidió uh, casarse con su hija menor, Raquel. Uh, siete años le serviría. Y aquí dice que él amó a su hija, pero en este pasaje el amor no se está usando como un amor genuino, sino un deseo de la carne. If you look at our culture, all the love songs, you might as well insert the word sex instead of love. That's what they really mean. En presente, todos los cantos de amor en, en presente no son uh, amor uh, que le diríamos nosotros genuino o auténtico, sino hablando del sexo. So he says, I will serve you seven years. And that's, that's four and a half times what a normal dowry would have been. He is so desperate to get this woman that he is not doing, being a very good negotiator. Entonces aquí le dice que le servirá siete años, que es uh, 4.5 veces más de lo que se, normalmente se daba por un casamiento. Now look, yeah. look very carefully what Laban says. In fact, more importantly, what he doesn't say. Note lo que dice Laban, o mejor dicho, lo que no dice. He says, it is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. Dice, es mucho mejor que te la dé a ti que a cualquier otro hombre, así que quédate conmigo. What major word is missing? Yes. He never says, yes, I agree to the deal, shake hands on the deal. He's like, well, better I give her to somebody, better to you than somebody else, but he never said yes. Note que nunca dijo sí. Simplemente dijo, es mejor que te la dé a ti y no a alguien más. Even though he's telling the truth, technically, he's, he, even though technically he's telling the truth, he is really lying, right? Aunque sí está diciendo la verdad, está engañando, está echando una mentira. A little white lie or leaving out details is still deception and it's still lying. Una mentira blanca o no dar todos los detalles eh, como quiera es eh, el engaño, es una mentira. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because, he ha because of the love or lust he had for her. Dice que sirvió siete años por uh, Raquel, y se le hicieron como uh, días por el amor o el deseo que tenía por ella. You know, this sounds romantic, but really it's showing how Jacob lost years of his life and it only seemed like days. Esto suena algo romántico, pero lo que estamos viendo es que él perdió años de su vida por este deseo. When you want something really badly, you can lose judgment. Cuando queremos algo uh, tanto, a veces no tenemos el sentido, no hacemos las mejores decisiones. Are you losing years of your life to addiction that only feels like days? ¿Estás perdiendo años de tu vida por la adicción que se siente como solo días? Are you losing years of your life in a bad relationship but it seems like it's only lasting days? ¿Estás perdiendo años de tu vida en una mala relación y aún se siente como son pocos días? Are you losing years of your life running from God? ¿Estás perdiendo años de tu vida huyendo de Dios? Are you losing years of your life holding a grudge? Estás perdiendo años de tu vida guardando rencor. We can waste so much of our life when we want something, an idol, so badly. Podemos desperdiciar años de nuestras vidas cuando queremos un ídolo tanto. 
Then Jacob said to Laban, after these seven years were complete, give me my wife that I may go into her. And this language right here in Hebrew is really crass. This is like the groom saying to the father-in-law, hey, today's the wedding day. I am ready to something your daughter. It's that graphic. Entonces, después de siete años, uh, Jacob le dijo a Laban, dame a mi hija, a tu hija, para que yo pueda entrar a ella. En el hebreo original, aquí es algo mucho más explícito y uh, no muy agradable. So they had the wedding, and in the evening he took his daughter Leah, the older one, and brought her into Jacob, and he went into her. Tenemos que tener una fiesta. Y esa misma noche, lo que hizo Laban es que le dio a Lea y no a, Rebe a Rebeca. This language means that he legally consummated the wedding. Eh, the este lenguaje eh, quiere decir que él legalmente ya entró en una relación uh, matrimonial. It, twice it says about giving servants. And I read that and I thought, what is this about giving these maid servants? Dos veces dice que le dio siervas. It's because in chapters later, we'll read that these maid servants brought baggage. We see that there was incest and all kinds of other problems, but it's just throwing in that detail because of the problems that they will create later. Uh, y lo que vemos en el futuro es que uh, estas uh, siervas van a causar problemas, que van a ser problemas para uh, el matrimonio, para la familia. So put yourself in Jacob's shoes. He has served and worked hard seven years for the love of his life. Póngase usted en lugar de Jacob. Ha servido siete años por el amor de su vida. And now it's the big night of the honeymoon. He's probably had too much to drink and Laban's made sure of it. Y ya estamos en la noche del casamiento y lo, lo más seguro es que Laban ha asegurado que él ha tenido mucho de tomar alcohol en and esa noche. And if we were watching a movie, this would be the part that goes dun dun dun, the dramatic part. You got to do the dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> and in the morning, watch this here. Behold, it was Leah. And this is, Jacob is totally shocked now when he finds this out. In the morning. Y por la mañana, Jacob se dio cuenta que había estado con Lea. Jacob asked three questions. And this should be a hyperlink back to the Garden of Eden. Y aquí hizo, Jacob hizo tres preguntas que nos deben regresar al Jardín de Edén. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned against God? God says, where are you? What have you done? Who told you? Si se acuerdan cuando Adán y Eva pecaron, las preguntas de Dios fueron, ¿Dónde están? ¿Qué han hecho? ¿Y quién les dijo? So here Jacob asks Laban, What is this you have done to me? And you can hear the outrage in his voice. Did I not serve you for Rachel, the good-looking one? Why then have you deceived me? Entonces vemos las preguntas de Jacob. ¿Qué es esto que me has hecho? ¿No serví contigo por Raquel? ¿Por qué, pues, me has engañado? And Laban said, it is not so done in our country. That, in other words, it's not our custom. Mm -hmm. And here's where the language gets a little complicated. Y aquí vemos que eh, Laban le dice, mira, no es nuestra costumbre en nuestro país. Y aquí se pone un poquito complicado el lenguaje. This translation says to give the younger. Other translations say to offer in marriage. Entonces, ¿puede ser para ofrecer o para ofrecer en matrimonio? But what it literally means is to prefer the younger before the firstborn. Pero quiere decir preferir a la menor antes de la mayor. See, what Laban is doing here is he's saying, hey, you may do this in your country where you switch places by tricking people, but we don't do that here. Lo que está diciendo que es, mira, en tu parte del, uh, de, del mundo se puede hacer esto, pero aquí no se practica eso. So, he says to him, he gives a counteroffer now, complete the week of this one, Leah, and we will give you the other, Rachel, also in return for another seven years. 
Entonces le dice Labán a Jacob, mira, cumple los siete días de la semana nupcial de esta Lea y por siete años de trabajo te daré a Raquel. Can you imagine how Jacob feels? ¿Se imagina cómo se siente Jacob? Seven years of hard work just to be tricked. Siete años de obra dura solo para ser engañado. Sin will take you farther than you plan to go, cost you more than you wanted to pay, and keep you longer than you plan to stay. Sabemos que el pecado nos llevará a lugares que jamás pensaríamos que eh, iríamos. Eh, nos vamos a permanecer mucho más tiempo de lo que pensaríamos. Uh, todo por cometer el pecado. Jacob looked to the idol of love and romance to give him fulfillment in life. Jacob miró al amor y el deseo uh, físico para dar lo que uh, encontrar plenitud en su vida. It was God's will for, for Rachel and Jacob to be married. Sí, fue la voluntad de Dios para que Jacob y Raquel se casaran. But he had elevated Rachel way above his love for God. Pero había elevado el amor por Raquel mucho más uh, superior o más allá del amor por Dios. In our culture, our songs scream what an idol sex and romance is. En nuestra cultura sabemos que um, el ídolo del de amor o del de sexo sim, uh, uh, simboliza en nuestra cultura. Here's a popular song years ago, Love on the Brain by Rihanna. Aquí vemos el amor en el cerebro por uh, Rihanna. Listen to what an idol sex and romance is in this song. Note lo que dice uh, este canto sobre el ídolo del sexo. The lyrics say, you love when I fall apart so you can put me together and then throw me against the wall. Oh, and baby, I'm fighting with fire just to get close to you. Can we burn something, babe? And I run for miles just to get a taste. Must be love on the brain. That's got me feeling this way. It beats me black and blue, but it bleeds me so good. Dice el canto, te encanta cuando me desmorono para que me puedas arreglarme y tirarme contra la pared. Oh, mi amor, estoy peleando a puñaladas o a puñetazos con fuego solo para acercarme a ti. ¿Podemos quemar algo, mi amor? Y como por mías solo... Para probar, debe ser amor en el cerebro. Eso me hace sentir de esta manera. Me supera en negro y azul, pero, uh, mala palabra, me hace tan bien. And that song was probably recognized by many of the younger generation, but the older generation, you're guilty too. Sabemos que esta es reconocida por la generación más joven, pero también la generación más uh, madura, diríamos, uh, la reconoce también este problema. Listen to the lyrics of How Do I Live Without You by Leanne Rimes. Note las palabras, las letras del canto, ¿Cómo puedo vivir sin ti por Leanne Rimes? Listen to the desperation and codependent female in this song. Note la desesperación y la codependencia de este canto. Oh, I need you in my arms, need you to hold. You are my world, my heart, my soul. If you ever leave, baby, You would take away everything good in my life. Dicen las letras, oh, te necesito en mis brazos. Necesito que me abraces. Um, eres mi mundo, mi corazón, mi alma. Si alguna vez te vas, mi amor, te llevarás todo lo bueno en mi vida. Those reflect love, desperation, and dependence that only should be reserved for God, not another human being. Este canto uh, reflexiona Uh, palabras como amor, devoción o dependencia que solo deben hacerse con Dios, no con ningún otro humano. So is there someone or something in your life that if you lost it, life would be not worth living? ¿Hay alguien en tu vida que si lo uh, perdieras no valdría la pena vivir? If that is true, then that is your idol. Si este es el caso, ese es tu ídolo. I love Tammy with all my heart. Yo amo a Marisol con todo mi corazón. Right. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> But if we lost our wives, as sad as that would be, we would go to live on because we love Jesus more. Y claro, si perdiéramos a nuestras esposas, entonces podríamos seguir adelante. Sería difícil, pero por nuestro amor a Jesús podríamos seguir adelante. 
music brainwashes us to love someone more than the Lord. A veces la música nos lava el coco, como se dice, para que amemos a otra persona más que al Señor. Music was created by God for God's glory. La música fue creada por Dios y para la gloria de Dios. So let's look at Jacob's neediness. Vemos como Jacob es un hombre muy necesitado. First of all, he never knew his father Isaac's love. Lamentablemente nunca conoció el amor de su padre Isaac. He now has lost his beloved mother's love. También ha perdido el amor de su amada madre. He has no sense obviously of God's love. No tenía sentido de el amor de Dios. And Rachel was not just his wife, but Rachel was his savior. Y Raquel no solamente era su esposa, sino su salvador. So when sex and romance are your idols, here's some problems. Number one, you will sacrifice way too much, in this case, seven years, and only to be disappointed. Tenemos que cuando el sexo y el romance son tus ídolos, sacrificarás demasiado. En este caso, siete años y estarás decepcionado. And when sex and romance are your idols, your judgment becomes skewed. Cuando el sexo y el romance son tus ídolos, tu juicio se vuelve sesgado. You're, you become very vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Eres vulnerable a que se aprovechen de ti. Laban saw this vulnerability in Jacob and he seized on it. Sabemos que Laban vio esta vulnerabilidad en uh, Jacob y se aprovechó de ella. And there are people willing to take advantage of you and me if they see the idolatry in our life and that there's a weakness there. You also will put on God-like expectations that will crush you and your partner. You are to love your spouse with all your heart and you are to meet one another's needs but they cannot replace God. Si debemos como parejas amarnos unos a los otros, pero no podemos reemplazarlos a ellos como Dios en nuestras vidas. Jacob is getting a taste of his own medicine. Remember, his name means the trickster or the, the heel gripper. Jacob está probando su propia medicina. El engañador está siendo engañado. The trickster gets tricked. Jacob has met his match in Laban. Aquí estamos viendo que Jacob ha visto su propia pareja en Labán. Remember, Jacob took advantage of his brother's idol, food, and stole his birthright. Acuérdese que Jacob tomó el ídolo de su hermano Esaú de comida para aprovechar de su primogenitura. Jacob took advantage of his father's blindness and his idol for food also and stole the blessing. También se aprovechó de su papá <clears throat> y tomó la bendición de su papá a través del engaño. But now, God brought one into his life that turned the tables and tricked him. Pero ahora, uh, ha encontrado su pareja y alguien que lo está engañando a él. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Galatas 6, 7 dice, No os engañéis. Dios no puede ser burlado. Porque todo lo que uno sembrare, eso también segará. So, we've seen the well and the shepherds, the watering of the sheep and Rachel, the web of deceit by Laban. Hemos visto entonces el pozo y los pastores, eh, la brevadura de las ovejas y Raquel, y la red del engaño de Labán. But now we come to the worship of idols for love. Y ahora vamos a la adoración de los ídolos por amor. An excellent book that I would recommend to you is called Counterfeit Gods by Dr. Timothy Keller. Hay un libro excelente escrito por Tim Keller que es Dioses Falsos. Much of what I'm sharing this morning is based on this excellent book. Mucho lo que estamos compartiendo esta mañana está basado en este libro excelente. Tim Keller says, Idolatry is not just a sin amongst the list of many other sins. It is the sin behind all of your sins. Tim Keller dice, la idolatría no es solo un pecado entre muchos otros pecados, es el pecado detrás de todos los pecados. Are you struggling with a particular sin in your life you just can't seem to kick? ¿Estás luchando con uh, cierto 
uh, ídolo o pecado en tu vida que no puedes superar. You need to ask God to reveal to you what is the idol hidden behind that sin. Pídele a Dios que te ayude a saber cuál es el ídolo detrás de ese pecado. There are four basic idols that we demonstrate in our life. Hay cuatro raíces de los ídolos en nuestras vidas. The first is power. It's a longing for influence and or recognition. El primero es poder, el anhelo de influencia y o el reconocimiento. The second is control, longing for everything to go according to my plan. El segundo es el control, el anhelo de que todo salga de acuerdo a mi plan. The third one is pleasure or comfort. It's a longing to feel good or experience fun and excitement. El tercero es el placer o comportamiento, el anhelo de sentirse bien, la diversión, la emoción. And the fourth one is approval, longing to be accepted and or desired. El cuarto es ser aprobado, ¿verdad? Um, por los demás, ser aceptado por los demás. So Jacob went into Rachel and he loved Rachel more than Leah. Now notice it says he loved her more than. It doesn't say he loved Rachel and hated Leah. Aquí vemos que Jacob llegó a Raquel y él amó a Raquel más que a Leah. Uh, no que despreció a Leah, sino que amó más a Raquel. So when the Bible later says he talks about hatred towards Leah, realize it means a deferential preference. It means deferring to someone more than someone else. Entonces cuando muchas veces uh, uh, la palabra se usa el... Odio es preferencia, mayor sobre menor, no, se, no necesariamente que es odio. This is like when Jesus says that you need to love me and hate your parents. He's talking about the gap between one love for another. Por ejemplo, cuando Jesús dice que debes amarme a mí más que a tus padres, aquí es la preferencia, no el odio necesariamente, sino niveles de el amor. So as we go through this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look in this story and see which character amongst these four characters is a slave to which idol. Así que a medida que avanzamos en esta historia, busca el personaje que es esclavo de, de qué ídolo. And look for which idol you might be a slave to. Y busca también de qué ídolo tú eres esclavo. It says, the, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, in other words, not preferred, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Así que cuando el Señor vio que Leah era aborrecida, abrió su matriz, pero Raquel era estéril. In this culture, bearing children meant everything to a woman. En esta cultura, tener hijos significaba todo para las mujeres. And God does what he always seemed to do throughout the Bible. He prefers the underdog. Y Dios hace lo que hace normalmente en las escrituras a alguien que es despreciado. So the girl who was not good enough for her dad is now not even good enough for her husband. Así que la hija que no era suficientemente buena para su padre, ahora no es lo suficientemente buena para su esposo. Imagine the pain that Leah is going through. She has always lived in Rachel's shadow because she was the pretty one. Imagínese el dolor de Leah. Siempre estar... En la sombra de la hermana más preferida o más atractiva de Raquel. She was always preferred by her dad. She was her dad's favorite. Siempre Raquel era preferida por su papá y la favorita de su papá. And now Rachel is preferred over her by her husband and she's the one kicked to the curb. Y ahora su propio esposo prefiere más a su hermana Raquel que a ella. And again, let me remind you, the Bible is not endorsing polygamy. In fact, it's showing you how bad this is that you should not even go into this. Y claro, es importante reconocer que la Biblia no está aprobando la polygamia, que este más de una esposa en un matrimonio. In our culture, we talk about LGBTQ+. The plus is polygamy and several other things that are coming down the line that are going to come really fast. Ya sabes lo que en nuestra cultura LGBT plus uh, que habla sobre tantos problemas y claro se va a incluir la poligamia también en eso. So Leah conceived and bore a son and watch the names that she gives each of these four sons. Y note que como uh, Leah uh, se le abrió su matriz y tuvo cuatro hijos y es importante notar los nombres de sus hijos. 
She's hoping that through having children, she will feel significant. Está esperando que a través de tener estos hijos se va a encontrar um, significativa. She names the firstborn Reuben, which means God sees. El primero es Rubén, Dios ve. So she's hoping that maybe now her husband will actually see her. Está esperando que quizás su esposa ahora la pueda ver. Do you think that worked? ¿Cree que funcionó? Do you think he now loved Leah more than Rachel? ¿Cree que ahora amó a Leah más que a Raquel? No. No. But she tries again. Pero intentó una vez más. And now she has a second son and she names him Simeon, which means the Lord hears me. Y el segundo hijo es Simeón, el Dios me escucha. She was hoping and praying that now maybe finally my husband will listen to me. Y ahora estaba esperando que quizás ahora mi esposo me va a escuchar a mí. Do you think that worked? ¿Cree que funcionó? No. No. No in English and Spanish. Same thing, right? Same. <laughs> sí. Sí. And again, she conceived, and this time she names the son Levi, which means has an attachment. And she said, maybe my husband will actually feel connected to me. Y aquí, el último hijo fue Levi, y que quiere decir conectado, y quizás pensó que ahora iba a estar conectada con su propio esposo. Do you think it worked the third time? ¿Cree que funcionó en este caso? Of course not. Por supuesto que no. So she tries a fourth time. Intentó la cuarta vez. But this time it's different. Y esta vez es diferente. This time, she realizes she's not going to get her husband's love or attention or be seen or heard. She says, this time, I will praise the Lord. En esta vez voy a adorar a Dios. This time, I'm going to look to God for my recognition. I'm going to look to God for my significance. Voy a buscar a Dios uh, en él. Voy a tratar de encontrar mi significado. And no longer look to my husband to meet my needs. Y no voy a mirar a mi esposo que él cumpla mis necesidades. The kind of needs that only God can meet. Las necesidades que solo Dios puede cumplir. Look at the last phrase there. Nota la última frase aquí. It says, then she ceased bearing children. Sorry, the word's missing. Uh, y luego que dio a luz a hijos. It does not say that she became barren. I think it implies that she chose that I don't need to have kids anymore to impress anybody. So, did you see which character was doing which? The power struck idol belonged to Laban. Being in control was Rachel's idol. Estar en control fue el ídolo de Raquel. Pleasure and comfort, especially sexual pleasure, was Jacob's idol. El placer, especialmente el placer sexual, fue el ídolo de Jacob. And the, neediest, and the neediness to get approval from others was Leah's idol. Y la necesidad de la aprobación de los demás fue el ídolo de Leah. Now watch this carefully. Note esto cuidadosamente. Leah was despised and rejected by everyone. Her father, her sister, her husband, and her, and because she was not beautiful in their eyes, and yet she is the one that brings forth life. Note lo que sucede. Fue Lea la que fue despreciada y rechazada por todos, su padre, su hermano y su esposo, porque no era hermosa a sus ojos. Y sin embargo, ella es la que da vida. Leah is a picture of Jesus. Lea es una imagen de Jesús. Jesus was despised and rejected by everyone, his heavenly father, his family, his followers, because he was not beautiful in their eyes. And yet he is the one who brings forth new life. Vemos que Jesús fue despreciado y rechazado por todos, su padre, su familia y sus seguidores. Porque, ah, perdón, um, uh, en el caso que él fue despreciado y él es el que ofrece nueva vida. Isaiah 53 prophesies this hundreds of years before Christ died on the cross. Isaías 53 profetiza eso años antes de que él fuera crucificado en la cruz. Jesus was despised and rejected by men like Leah and a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces he was despised and we esteemed him not. Isaías 53:3 dice fue despreciado y desechado de los hombres Varón de dolores, experimentado en aflicción. Y como uno de quien los hombres esconden el rostro, fue despreciado. 
y no le estimamos. Verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs. Jesus has carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him not. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. El versículo uh, 4 de Isaías 53 dice, Ciertamente él llevó nuestras enfermedades y cargó con nuestros dolores. Con todos nosotros le tuvimos por azotado, por herido de Dios y afligido. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. Jesus was crushed for our iniquities or sins. And upon Jesus was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Isaías 53, 5 dice, Mas él, Jesús, fue herido por nuestras transgresiones, molido por nuestras iniquidades. El castigo por nuestra paz cayó sobre él, y por sus heridas hemos sido sanados. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? ¿Conoce a Jesús como su Salvador? Have you come to the point where you realize you're a sinner who is destined for hell unless someone saves you from that, that, that punishment? ¿Has llegado a la realización que estás en el destino hacia el infierno uh, si alguien no viene y cambia ese curso de tu vida? The bad news is you are more sinful than you realize. Las malas noticias son que eres más pecador de lo que lo realizas. But the good news is you're more loved than you can ever imagine. Pero las mejores noticias son que eres más amado de lo que puedes imaginar. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Dios dice a través de Romanos 19 que si confiesas con tu boca a Jesús por Señor y crees en tu corazón que Dios le resucitó de entre los muertos, serás salvo. Have you ever come to the time in your life when you trusted Jesus Christ to save your soul from your sins and your punishment? Has llegado a un punto en tu vida que has reconocido a Jesús como tu único Salvador, el que puede salvarte de ese um, um, sufrimiento que viene. I would encourage you to do that this morning before you leave. Te aliento a que lo hagas el día de hoy antes de que te vayas. Would you pray with me, please? Puedes orar con nosotros. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus who was pure and holy. To die for us who were sinful and rebellious. And Father, I pray if there's someone here this morning that has never put their trust in you, that they would do so today. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you take a moment to thank Him for your salvation right now? Amen. If you made a decision to trust Christ, I would love to hear from you. And you can text me or call me anytime. Si usted ha hecho esa decisión el día de hoy, puede poderle llamar al pastor, textearlo o llamarlo a cualquier momento. Or you can also text or call Pastor Alex, and here's his phone number. Y claro, puede hacerlo conmigo también. Ahí está mi número de teléfono. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Alex. We are going to have a brief question and answer session. So if you have any questions about the message today or about the Bible in general, Feel free to text them in right now. Si tiene alguna pregunta, puede textearla sobre el mensaje el día de hoy o sobre la Biblia o eventos actuales. We did have a, a question left over from last week that we didn't have time to answer. Someone texted in and asked what my favorite Bible verse was. I'll let you answer this too. Um, and my favorite, when I was a teenager at camp, they challenged us to have a life verse. How many of you have ever heard of a life verse? Okay, so... I decided to make mine 1 Samuel 12, 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider how great things he has done for you. Um, what's your favorite Bible verse, Pastor Alex? Ooh, um, if I had to just pick one, <laughs> um, I'd probably go with... Um, I mean, it's hard not to do John 3, 16. Um, so that probably would be my 
all-time favorite. Um, just seeing his love for mankind and for me uh, and the depths of that love to send his only begotten son. Amen. That's great. The other part of that question was, what was my favorite book of the Bible? Mm. For me, it would probably have to be Proverbs. Again, as a teenager, we were challenged to read a proverb a day every day because how many Proverbs are there? 31, one for every day of the month. So that's what I've been doing since I was 15 years old. You have a favorite book of the Bible? I have a 1A and a 1B, Um, Luke and Acts. So I'm a big Luke fan. So Luke 1A, uh, Acts 1B. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever like had people like people like well, have you signed their Bible? Um, they haven't requested it, but I've done it. Yeah. As, as I'm giving uh, <laughs> a gift to somebody, yes, I've done it, but I've had no one ever ask me for a, a signature. So a lot of times, if I'd sign a kid's Bible or if I'd sign a card, I'd put Gary, and then I put under my name First Samuel twelve twenty four. Mm-hmm. One time I was at college and I was dating a girl, and I sent her a card. And I accidentally put 2 Samuel 12, 24, which was David knew his wife Bathsheba and she bore a son. <laughs> that, that relationship didn't turn out too well. <laughs> so, all right, let's see if anybody's texted in any questions right now. Um, actually, no, not yet. Anybody, anybody have a question that you did, texted, maybe didn't come through? The reception isn't so great in here. There's one. There we go. Nathan, what's your question for us? Nice and loud. It's a great question. Some of you may not know this, but uh, Pastor Alex teaches at the College of Biblical Studies. He's a professor there, and he's also pursuing his, is it doctorate or master's? Doctorate. His Mm -hmm. doctorate. So I'm going to let him answer this question. Uh So why doesn't he baptize himself? Uh, That just was not the the custom to baptize oneself. Um, It typically was a, one, a public event, a community event. Um, and his uh, baptism would be even different than the normal baptism because he had no sins of which to repent of. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why he's being baptized is to identify with the sinners that would later be uh, called to uh, identify with him, their Savior. So he's identifying with them uh, through baptism. He will later do it uh, through the cross. But then on the back end, he's asking all those who believe in him to identify with him through baptism. Oh, yeah. So um, there's no uh, real reason why he would be um, in need of doing that himself uh, because he saw his, his work as a, as a greater work. He would be the one that would ultimately give his uh, life. So um, he just didn't see any need for him to do any uh, baptizing. And so he was actually training the disciples because they would carry that work post-death, burial, and ascension. And along with what Pastor Alex said, Jesus needed someone else to baptize him because it's a foreshadow of the cross, like you said, which was inflicted upon Jesus. Jesus didn't crucify himself. And if the baptism was a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection, that, that was forced upon Jesus, he willingly accepted it like he was willingly baptized. So just as the father put him on the cross, buried him and rose him from the dead, they had another person bury him in water and rise him, as a picture of rising from the yep. dead. So it's something that had to be enacted upon him. Mm-hmm. All right, good, good question. Any other questions this morning? Yes, Lorenzo, that's a, that's a great thing because we don't know where Leah learned about God other than possibly through Jacob. And then she starts naming her kids after Jehovah God. She starts naming saying, Yahweh has seen me. Yahweh has heard me. I will praise Yahweh. Which up until that point, she was probably pagan. So through the the naming of her children, you could read into it that she accepted Yahweh instead of whatever pagan God she was believing. What would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, some of this is uh, a mystery because, you know... um, the text is, is silent in many ways, but yes, uh, either through the, uh, the fathers that preceded them, uh, maybe gave some information. And, and Laban could have known himself, uh, just like Jacob. They were both deceivers, so they weren't the best examples of the faith. But as you've seen in many cases, I came through a lady. I came through faith through a lady that I didn't know this, but her character was the worst around town. I mean, she was just a big gossip and divisive lady. I had no clue, though. 
she came, she shared the faith, I came to faith, and then after the fact, I learned about her testimony. And so God is able to use even the most wicked of the righteous, if you will, uh, because the, the gospel remains the same. So she could have known from Laban or uh, possibly Jacob uh, the truth regarding the faith, uh, even though neither one of them were great examples. Right. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Yes. So don't think that God can't use you. All right. Here's a question that's just been texted in. Uh, when did Jacob repent of his idols? Again, we don't know. There, there's a mystery in that. Um, you know, I think it's progressive, just like many of our, our lives mm -hmm. are, in that there's, you know, up and down, up and down. If you look at the life of even um, Abraham, you know, from Genesis 12 to 22, it's an up and down roller coaster. Um, and it's not just a straight line where he's like, man, look at him, just go straight up. No, it's up and down all along. So it's very likely that that was similar to Jacob as well, that it was is a progressive mm -hmm. uh, um, process. Yeah, we all struggle with idols all our life. Yeah, absolutely. All our life. Um, great question. Um, let me see if there's any others. Here we go. Um, you identified flattery as a means of Laban's deception. What are some <laughs> other means of deception that people use? Um, yeah, flattery is kind of like the preparation to deceive. It's, it's giving this false impression that I like you more than I actually do, and I'm about to use you. It makes people set their guard down. They say that gossip is what I say behind your back that I wouldn't say to your face. Flattery is what I say to your face that I wouldn't say behind your back. Um, other, what would you add to the list of other means besides flattery? Uh, for deception, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Um, I mean, obviously white lies, um, but they could potentially be categorized in the same category as flattery. Yeah. I think two of the biggest ones when people lie and they think they're not lying is exaggeration. Yes. You know, you said the fish was this big when it's actually this big. And then you or you leave out details is the other one. You know, when your kids tell you something, yeah, I cleaned my room. But they're not telling you they didn't complete it completely. You know, and we, do, we all do that. Leave out details. Uh, let's we'll do one more. Um, earlier in Genesis, why did Laban have household idols? What were they and why did Rachel take them? So actually, it wasn't. Earlier, it's going to be later in Genesis. Mm -hmm. You're the Old Testament expert. I'll let you well, have uh, that one. I won't go that far, but uh, I would say that it, it was customary to have idols. You'll see this through the rest of the Old Testament, that uh, idol worshiping is very common. And the things that men make up, uh, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 44 talks about these idols that have eyes but can't, but can't see, have ears but can't hear, have legs but can't walk, etc., etc., um, and so that was just very common. Um, and, uh, but they, they could, uh, they were seen as good luck charms. So mm -hmm. in the ancient, uh, ancient Eastern world, they were seen as good luck charms. In fact, Israel got into that problem as well with the Ark of the Covenant. If you recall in 1 Samuel, they treated it as, hey, if we've got the Ark of the Covenant, nothing could ever uh, happen to us, which that wasn't true. And so um, it was just seen as a good luck charm. So the more idols I have, the more fortunate I'll be. Yeah, you see that today and like you go to some Asian-owned businesses and there's a Buddha yep. next to the cash register. So God, Buddha will bless their income. Mm -hmm. And uh, remember the uh, bronze serpent on the pole that was lifted up? Yep. That became an idol. They began to worship that. And later, which prophet is later that crushes it and destroys the, the bronze serpent that Moses made? Uh, one, one of the minor prophets does that. It's yeah, escaping it's me right one, now. Uh, um, and so, yeah, I mean, and, and remember also that in the ancient Near Eastern world, uh, there, there is no sovereign God. There, Yahweh is uh, considered to be sovereign. But all the other uh, uh, religions pr uh, believed in regional gods, mm -hmm. right? And so then you would see why you would need as many as you could possibly get because you want to have all the gods in your favor. And so, um, whereas Israel believed in one sovereign God over everything. Amen. Hey, we have uh, several first-time guests here with us today. Let's give them a hand and let, let them know we're glad we're here. All right. And let me ask you to stand. Uh, we're going to be dismissed in prayer now.
And uh, thank you, Reunion, for being here. We're so glad you came. It was wonderful. It was really good. The music was fantastic. And for those of you who are new to Revolution or Reunion, this was uh, today was our first joint service. Uh, we may do it again in the future, and we may have other plans in the future for sharing property or whatever. A lot to pray about for sure. Uh, but either church, you're welcome to, to attend it with us in the future. Uh, the Re- Revolution service won't be bilingual for the next few weeks anyway. Uh, but Reunion is always bilingual in their service, correct? Yes. All right, good. So, Pastor Hernandez, would you dismiss us with God's blessing, please? Absolutely. Lo haré en español y luego en inglés. So, I'll do the pastoral prayer in Spanish and then in English. Amados, oro que les vaya bien en todos sus asuntos y gocen de buena salud, así como prosperen espiritualmente. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all regards and be in good health as you prosper spiritually. Señor, los bendiga y me los guarde. Están despedidos. Lord bless you and keep you. You are dismissed.